What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart Podcast feed. It is myself and Matt Stefano breaking down the conference championship weekend in the NFL. The Bengals and Rams are going to the Super Bowl. We break it all down for you. We also go into Brady's retirement. Brian Flores suing the NFL. This one was a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you think. We also had some breaking news as we were recording the podcast. So let us know what you think in the comments. As always, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart wherever you get your podcasts. Thunderblog Sports is the place to follow us on Instagram. But enjoy this week's episode. Get ready for the Super Bowl. And here we go. Welcome to this weekend's episode of the Bullpen Card Podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Joining me as always, the man, the myth, the legend himself, a true Michigan man, like the head coach of the Wolverines, officially, yes. Mr. Matty D, Matt <laughs> Stefano. How are you, my friend? I'm I'm relieved after the news that our 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 coach is back. For those who don't know, uh, Harbaugh did Jim Harbaugh did uh, did interview for the job of head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. One of the best jobs available, by the way. I will say. Um, I think just when you look at the talent, but he decided whether they decided no, or he decided no, he is now back. Michigan um, athletic department is relieved from what we've heard that he's back. Um, you know, it, that, that doesn't hurt to interview, but I guess he decided it wasn't the right, uh, the right moment for him. So glad to have him back in the fold. Uh, I know it's not, we're not going to talk college football, but it's a big deal from a recruiting standpoint, especially now we're into that national signing period. Big deal for the Wolverines as they try to defend their Big Ten title um, against a loaded Ohio State, a retooling Penn State, and always deep Iowa. I can go on and on, but I'll let it go there. <laughs> this is this is a, a roughly 30 minutes of us talking about what happened this past weekend in the world of football and obviously what has happened this week. Because as you mentioned to me as we were talking beforehand, um, the NFL is the king of being in the news cycle, and they are dominating again. As expected, even though we are in the heart of the NBA season, hockey's in full swing. Um, it, the Olympics are about to happen. Up. College basketball's cranking up. It doesn't matter. NFL is still the king of me. They do it better than anybody. Um, uh, granted, not all the news is positive right now, but hey, as I've heard before, all 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 press is good press. So um, I, I'll let you take it from there. <laughs> so. I guess to go in chronological orders, we are going to start with the, the two championship games, but Saturday night, yes, we get a leaked information about Tom Brady retiring. It later came out Monday from the man himself that he was, but you're exactly right. I literally spent Saturday night flyers won. I watched the golf because the golf ended on Saturday. Incredible finish there, you know, different podcast for a different time, but incredible finish. Great win by Luke, Luke list. Almost said Luke Salatoris, the two players in the playoff. <laughs> Tom Brady retires. It ends up being the news that started to overshadow maybe, maybe one of the best championship Sundays I can remember. And this includes 
the D Ford offside and the Saints no pass interference that led to the Mardi Gras for the ages. An AFC championship game. We'll start there because that was the first game. That lived up to the billing that we hoped it would, but in the back of our brains, I will fully admit this. I thought might be a letdown. I've thought every Chiefs game is going to be a letdown. I was only right about the Steelers game. And the Bengals pulled it off. The Chiefs up to a humongous lead in the first half. Bengals end up scoring late in the first half, and the Chiefs got a little greedy. I think that's it might be in hindsight to say that, but I feel like that's the right call, and it was probably the right call then at halftime. They don't end up getting a touchdown or even three points at the end of the first half. The Bengals come all the way back. They win in overtime. And, Matt, they did it after the Chiefs winning a coin toss. So all the people that were pissed off about NFL overtime being fucked up and not working out, not totally vindicated on their part. But the Chiefs, or the Bengals did it. Joe Burrow, living up to his namesake of Joe Cool, stepping up, and really just the entire Chiefs team. We talked about the 49ers a, weeks, a week ago beating the Packers, but a team win, so many different adjustments, adjustments, Jesus, that were made in that game. Where do you want to start with this one? Do you want to start with the Bengals defense stepping up humongously against Patrick Mahomes? Do you want to start with Joe Burrow? Actually, I don't want to start with either. Okay. Because you you made a point. The turning point of the game was the Bengals stopping the Chiefs on – on the goal line as the half expired, right? I mean, that was truly the turning point. I know they had scored the touchdown to kind of feel like they were back in it, but even three points there in this game doesn't end, this game doesn't go to overtime, right? Theoretically, you know, there's a lot of potentials after that, but it would have been demoralizing even for the kick. And so, I I actually totally agree with Andy Reid. I would have gone for it. I would have. I would not, maybe not have called that play, but how often does Tyreek Hill not slither by one defender? Wasn't a great throw from Mahomes. He kind of didn't let Tyreek have acceleration towards the end zone, which, and, and so, you know, he's going laterally instead of vertically. It was a great tackle by Eli Apple. Would have liked to see a play where maybe Mahomes had a couple options. Um, it's also where a lack of a legitimate running game continues to haunt this team, right? Clyde Edwards Hilar, Joe Burrow's teammate at LSU that won the national championship didn't step up. He didn't even have the most carries. That was Jerick McKinnon, a journeyman who I like. But this is where not having a consistent running game, I think, affects the Chiefs because that's a play where if the defense is nervous about a run, they, they have to put more guys in the box and said so they can they feel a little bit more confident. Um that to me is that's the turning point. Like it, without that, this this game is over. I think if they score there, it's it's obviously over. Um, but I, I will start with Joe Burrow because at the end of the day, it does come down to the quarterback. And all of a sudden in the AFC, it's not a it's not a it's not a future of Allen and Mahomes. And Herbert, right? Burrow is now squarely in the conversation for the best young quarterback, if not the best quarterback in the game. Doing it again with an offensive line that doesn't have the same not, – not the Chiefs' offensive line. That's a good offensive line. That's a bad offensive line. Jamar Chase kind of taken out of the game, but Joe Burrow just stood in there. They got down big, never panicked, and just went to work. Um, yeah, we're going to obviously learn a lot more about the Chiefs this week and next week before the Super Bowl. But if you don't know who T. Higgins is, you're not paying attention. He is as good as Jamar Chase, a big-bodied receiver out of Clemson, who many people thought maybe wasn't fast enough to create separation. But he has exploded onto the scene. He had over 100 yards receiving. Um, this is a deep receiving core for the Bengals. And we obviously know Joe Mixon can play. 
But at the end of the day, it's Joe Burrow that puts it all together. And he he is um, he's as good as it gets right now in the NFL. And, and the AFC is suddenly stacked at the quarterback position. Like, you almost have to shake your head and be like, damn, like – you know, I kind of feel you almost feel bad for a lot of these teams that have an OK quarterback or even an above average quarterback. And they've got to compete with the AFC's quarterback pool, which is just off the charts good right now. Um, but he's fantastic. You know, many people thought that he deserved MVP votes. He's going to get him and he probably deserves more now. I, I wish people could. I almost wish they voted now because he might get it <laughs> um, just to see how good he is. So he was tremendous. Um, can't say enough good things. Um kind of fits the part has that Brady confidence to him um just like hey I don't care what happens I don't care what happens we're gonna make it work and that's that's pretty impressive he's a special player um and he showed it at LSU and two years later he's now showing it was not that he wasn't good last year but he obviously got injured so um yeah he's just a hell of a player well I think the Brady comparison is great too because Joe Burrow wasn't drafted that late you know Brady's 199th Joe Burrow was first but right (laughs) but Joe Burrow had all the stuff at Ohio State. He had to transfer. He had to pick another place to go to. Ends up going to LSU as the incredible year. So he's faced adversity. He saw that through the college ranks. And he's seen that through his pro career of, you know, are the Bengals set? You know, the whole picking Jamar Chase instead of, um, you'll tell me, the lineman they should have picked for Ole Miss. Um, no, well, uh, no, Oregon. Penny Oregon. Yes. Or, or Slater from Northwestern, who both, by the way, Played at an all-pro level this year, so they were both fantastic. Yeah, exactly, but to your point, a bad offensive line. But a guy like this team was picked to finish what, like six and seven, five and eight? Or no, that's that's 13 games or 17 games in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, well, again, we talked about this. It, and, and in that division, you're right. We did expect, I mean, the, the Steelers, the Browns, and the Ravens, this is not a Bengals team that was supposed to be here. No. And it's not a shot, not even a shot at the team. It's just, they are, they are the NFC, AFC North is a loaded division. Um, so yeah, I mean, they, yeah, I, I am shocked they're here. <laughs> no, and it's awesome to see. And they played such a good game offensively. You mentioned a T Higgins, incredible game. Jamar Chase, you know, we, we said it had moments. He had moments. He had yeah. Moments. But you, we've said it about Cooper cup, not having Cooper cup level games. And we'll, we'll talk about the Rams in a few minutes, the other Super Bowl bound team, but, Jamar Chase, I feel like at this point, he has six catches for 54 yards. A decent fantasy outing. He had a touchdown as well. That's double-digit points. Any fantasy owner, whether you want to give us an update on your on where you are in your Super League and all that good stuff, but even on a DFS level, is those are great points. It's great value. You get everything you want. But I feel like it's not a Jamar Chase day. And you see that. And I think also the big part is – I'm going to fuck up his, his pronunciation – Uzama going out the tight end early in the game. Mm-hmm. He seems like he's right. going to be such CJ a... Uzama. Yeah, thank you. I got it right. Awesome. Him going out, though, such a huge X factor. I thought that was going to oh, be it. Yeah. I thought, oh, my God, now they, now they have to rely on T. Higgins and Jamar Chase or really put the ball in Joe Mixon's hands, which they still did. He had 88 yards in a great game. But really rely on that, and the Chiefs could just load the box. They could really zero in on a couple of the different key factors of this and either make Joe Burrow, not Joe Mixon, try to beat you with his feet and go all over the place with what he was doing. And he did at times. But still, the resiliency that the Bengals showed offensively and defensively, they made incredible adjustments to slow down various different players. 
who at times for the Chiefs looked like they were just going to go over the top. Michael Hardman had that touchdown early. Looked like this was just, we're going to hear this, that, and the other guy's name that's not Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, both of whom combined for almost 180 yards. You know, well, just- I will say, I will, I will say this, and you know, obviously, I, I wish Tyreek Hill was on the Eagles, but oh, he 100%. disappeared in the second half. You know, there's a way to bracket him because he's not the tallest receiver, right? Unlike Cooper Cup, who is a hyper refined route runner, right? Devonta Adams, same way. Hill was a great player. This 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 offense is a great offense, but they're streaky because a lot of times they play a little backyard football. And if an NFL defense can start to take that away by bracketing with like the Bengals kind of said, okay, great. We got shelled in the first half. All right. Our pass rush starts to get there a little bit in the second half, right? Hendrickson and Hubbard start to make that pressure up the middle, which is really important. And then the 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 safe the safeties and corners just kind of said, okay, well, if these guys aren't running, because this is something that we heard Travis Kelsey even talk about in the 13-second game against the Bills, he he didn't run the route that was called. Which, which can work, especially in two-minute drills, which is why you saw the Chiefs have success late in the game because in a two-minute drill defense, you, don't, you can't have complex schemes because you're just, hey, we got to get lined up. The, the Chiefs are trying to, to go, go, go. But we got to make sure no one's, we have to not have a blown coverage. But in the middle of the third quarter, they can set up more complex zones that bracket a Tyree kill who's not a great jump sure. ball receiver, right? Travis Kelsey is an amazing tight end. He's not going to beat you with his speed necessarily, right? So, and he's not, I wouldn't even argue he's an elite contested catch tight end. He's got great quickness and, and, and separation. So they were able to just kind of take away those two targets to an extent. And then while I do like Miko Harmon, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, uh, Jared McKinnon, they're not elite receivers. No. So they're going to struggle to get open on single coverage, where, whereas a Hill and, and Kelsey. So the Bengals just really calmed themselves down, schemed well, got a pass rush, which is important, and took away some of the easy completions that Mahomes can make. And then you start to see that really the one downside to Mahomes is he's always thinking, which is a great mindset, that he's going to make a play. I'm going to go deep. He's not always the most accurate passer. He can be, but with the arm angles and the inconsistency of, of, of mechanics, balls come out funny. And so you saw in the third quarter where he was struggling to hit receivers who were NFL open, but not wide open. Again, I'm not. This is, he's a great quarterback. This team is still going to be a favorite next year. So this is not a. This is a relative situation. He struggled a little bit. He gets streaky at times, and he got unstreaky at the worst time when the team needed him, and they don't have a running game to fall back on. But you, and you saw the Bengals defense again. The pressure and better coverage in the second are just not giving anything up easy, and the Chiefs kind of bogged down and they, they couldn't get it done. I also think there was a little arrogance. I don't know how you feel. I think the Chiefs thought we're up big. We got we got this. I they totally kind of took their that. foot off the gas, and they have every right to be arrogant, right? They won the Super Bowl two years ago. They were in the Super Bowl last year. They, they were up big. They're a great team. Games. Right, and they just came off of an amazing victory against their rival, if you will, the Bills, in a way. You know, they, it was a little bit of a letdown game. You can't have a letdown game in the playoffs. So um, the Chiefs beat themselves a little bit, but the Bengals certainly went out and took it by calming themselves down at halftime, which is hard to do. So – I was impressed with the Bengals. I really was. I mean, the coaching staff, the, the players, journeyman defensive players you've just simply never heard of. Like, <laughs> I hate to say it, but some of these guys you, you couldn't name. Um, and they just did a wonderful, wonderful job. 
So BJ Hill had the interception. That was uh, the, the defensive tackle. Am I right? Yeah, I think it was BJ Hill. Anyway, yeah. Um, no, 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 I mean, they got one of the best big man plays out there. You're talking oh, right. about a late fourth quarter play that sets up yeah. at the time the go ahead field goal. But just staying with it instead, you you put it perfectly. Staying calm, and that's what they did. And there was a a level of calmness to the Bengals mm-hmm. in that second half that even at halftime. You're right on the arrogance factor that there was a Bengals are fucked. I said that I don't know how many times, which also a quick aside. Obviously, last year with COVID, bars weren't open. I went to a bar for this game. Watching football games at a bar. This is like the (laughs) most basic Mike Greenberg level take. One of the best things ever. I happened to be at a bar that was very pro Bengals. Shout out to Misconduct on Locust Street. No free ads, but a free ad there. We're going to do some free ads in a little bit for uh, certain beers we're drinking. but Or maybe we won't. But regardless, it was very pro Bengals. And it was great of just clapping for, for the four different field goals. Obviously, the fourth one was what won the game and the big who days coming out. But it was just so much fun of just being with the crowd and being in a game. It reminded me of the playoff run four years ago but shout out by the time you the listener are listening to this that was four years ago today matt you were there but anyway um you mentioned it though that the again the calmness that they the Bengals defense showed to just know where to be and the coverage they showed obviously the final interception in overtime of just having the awareness to have a guy behind tyree kill so he didn't beat you yeah, he batted the ball into the, the linebacker's hands to ultimately get the interception and give the, give the team the ball and, and go there into Von Bell. And, you know, Evan McPherson kicks the field goal, and, and there we go. But the fact that you had basically bracket coverage, like you talked about on, on, on Tyreek Hill, shows just what this team was able to do. Because it's so easy, and you look at that Bengals game from a, a week ago, of what the Bengals tried to do. When they similarly went into zone defense, they tried to bracket it out, and Tyreek Hill picked apart every hole of that defense. The fact that they were able to still stay disciplined and not try to... Because you easily, easily, if you're that, that secondary player, try to go for that pick or try to go for the tackle. Look at the Minnesota Miracle from the same year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. What happens there? Marshawn Lattimore. Tries to go for the tackle, misses it, and there's the game-winning touchdown. Same scenario in overtime. And instead, you stay disciplined. You just deflect the ball, even if Bell isn't there. It's an incomplete pass. You showed Rocky Four. the Russian is cut. He's not a piece of iron. He is a man. Granted, we're talking about a team's offense. But you're showing that an almost invincible offense can be slowed down. And they stayed that way because they stuck to their game plan and they made the adjustment. And it's just so incredible. And yes, it's awesome to talk about Joe Burrow and the fact that he did everything that he could and everything that he's done throughout this whole season and especially in the playoffs. But to look at what the defense did, it's just so awesome. And it's why defense wins championships. And the Bengals deserve this place in the Super Bowl. You're right, though. And I'm interested to get your take on this. Of uh, you're right, the Chiefs aren't—they're not gone. But Mahomes' mega extension kicks in, 
So where do they look at for next year? We can look at two years down the road if you want to. But where do they look at for that with Mahomes getting the big pay ticket? Because we saw what happened to the Seahawks. They got obviously got back to the Super Bowl and probably should have won that game against the Patriots. But Mahomes is about to get paid, and a lot of that salary cap is going his way. So do you, do you see that being a problem? A lot of people are saying, oh, the, the extension's kicking in. They're fucked. Where do you fall in on that? Well, I mean, I don't think they're screwed, right? Because other teams like Green Bay have had success in building a roster and, and you know, even Seattle to an extent. They've struggled recently. So you can pay a quarterback a lot of money. I think a couple of things. One, a lot of that, I think a lot of that deal will be reworked. So just to be clear, but, but not two to three years in, like you pointed out, they're going to have to continue to cultivate diamonds in the rough. You think about Jerick McKinnon as a great example, right? Here's a guy who had really been cast off by the league after, you know, two major knee surgeries. He's had a lot of success for them. Um, even though obviously they didn't win it, he was really important. So he's a guy they're going to have to continue to draft well, right? And they're going to have late draft picks. This is another thing. But they, they drafted Creed Humphrey this year, who actually rated out as the best center in football as a, as a rookie. Um, and so, and so they've, they've already done a little bit of a job with that. But they'll work it out. They know they're going to have to draft well, and they're going to have to find veterans who want to come in and play for this team because you have Mahomes at quarterback. Definitely. So um, it won't be – it's only going to get harder, to your point, but it's going to get harder for a lot of these teams. Allen's extension kicks in. Justin Herbert's extension, will, when he gets one, will kick in. Lamar Jackson's extension will kick in. So really, Burrow's the one you worry about. They have $60 million in cap space. Um, but, you know, they're – I'm I'm not super worried because Andy Reid has consistently been able to build a winning team, maybe not a Super Bowl winning team, but a close, darn close one for years with Donovan McNabb having a big, not as big of a Mahomes contract, but a Mahomes-like contract. So they'll figure it out, though. I think they'll continue to draft well. Look, you can say what you want about Andy Reid in Philadelphia, but he definitely drafted great, especially in the offensive and defensive lines. Um, but to your point, Tyron Matthews not getting younger. He's a free agent this year. I don't think he goes anywhere, but he could. Um Chris Jones is a guy who has a big deal right now, but they might need to move him for contract purposes, although he's probably their second most, second biggest impact defender, right? Um, but they have some money coming off the books. Frank Clark has a big deal, kind of struggled this year. He'll probably, they'll probably find a way to move off, off from him. Um, so they'll have to make some tough decisions, especially on that offensive line, right? To your point, you know, you bring in Humphrey's a rookie, but Joe, to- uh, Joe Thune, uh, Tooney, the guard, is an expensive all pro guard. Um, they've got to sign. Um, they traded for, um, it was Orlando Franklin. No, that's a hall of famer. Who's their left? No, I'm right. Anyway, their left tackle, they're going to have to pay. So they're going to have to pay some guys have to figure that out, but they're going to have to draft well and, and bring in those veteran free agents like a McKinnon who can make a big impact for them while balancing the huge salaries of Hill and Kelsey and Mahomes. So, um, I still think they're okay. All things considered because Mahomes is their quarterback, but they're, they're going to have some work to do. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see where they go. Bengals right now in a great spot, obviously going to the Super Bowl. We can talk oh, about yeah. their roster in the off season, but let's go. Let's go to the other let's game. Let's go to the other game because I was about to jump into the Super Bowl preview. We're going to do that early next week for those wondering. Yes, you were thinking about it, but I cut you off just in time. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. That's, that's what a good co-host does. The NFC West rivalry game did not. Live down the hype. Another game that could have been bad. Tough to beat a team three times in a season. Mm-hmm. The 49ers 
I don't know the best way to put it. I was trying to come up with a pun of the dropped interception, but they they dropped the ball. I feel like it's too big of a that's too big of a jab at them, isn't it? No, they did that to the ball. But I also didn't, to be honest with you, I also didn't know if they deserved to win the game. So it's easy to say they dropped the ball, but doesn't mean, again, statistically speaking, the Rams were better. I mean, the Rams, you watched that game. Yeah. I personally felt like the Rams were the better team. The 49ers are just really well coached. They've got some really good players. Um, but Cooper Cup is a stud, right? Odell looked good. Stafford was dealing. You know, Donald was all over the place. So was Von Miller, even Jalen Ramsey. So I felt like they, I felt like the Rams were the better team and they ended up winning. But to your point, Tart drops the interception late, would have ended the game. Yep. And or, I mean, or I don't know if Garoppolo was going to take him down the field or not, but he did, he threw a, a, a bad decision pass. But if it doesn't go off his recording back's hands as he, as he jumps up in the air for it, maybe the game, maybe the game turns out differently too. So there's a lot going on in this game. Yeah. And that's probably the best way to put it. I think one of the best takes I saw was Monday morning watching Good Morning Football on the NFL Network. Nate Burleson jumps on and says that if that tart interception happens, or really any of the other mistakes Matthew Stafford have had, which weren't a ton, we're talking about Matthew Stafford and pulling Stafford. This is what Matthew Stafford does. But he stepped up. He got lucky at times, and he played a really good game. He used Cooper Cup. He used Odell Beckham Jr., so well, and he has throughout the playoffs. This is, I mean, it's why you go all in, right? It's why you know yeah. this is why we're getting guys. And you mentioned Aaron Donald and Von Miller playing an incredible game, and we've seen it now a couple different weeks, where even where Aaron Donald isn't the guy making the QB hit, he's bringing guys away and just having to step in on that, which makes the Super Bowl matchup so intriguing of what Aaron Donald does and why the current lines are what they are for the Super Bowl. But watching that defensive line go to work on a 49ers offensive line. Good offensive. Good, good one. They got some good players. Yeah. Outside of Trent Williams, they're elite left tackle. You're right. They've got Tomlinson. They've got some good players. Yep. And George Kittle, who had a touchdown. So even with two catches, he did what we were asking him to do and a lot of other people were asking him to do be an offensive contributor statistically in terms of receiving stats, but still a very good blocking tight end. And they still rush the ball a ton. Eli Mitchell not really having an impact day and Debo Samuel kind of having a down Debo Samuel type of game, not even eclipsing 100 all-purpose yards, which kind of unfortunate to see. You thought that's where he would go and and really barely got the ball in the second half. And I don't know if that's, they're up 17 to three. So they want to, I don't know what they were trying to do. And, they, they really left the door open for a Rams team that, kind of like the Chiefs, you expect, at least for what the capital they put in, both financially and draft capital-wise, can go off at any time, or should at least. You left the, the door wide open for them, so why not go to your tried-and-true players? Yeah, I, I thought, I mean, again, it was a shocking start, you know, to your point. Um, it's hard because I go back and forth on Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I would love him to be the quarterback of my team, but he has limitations. Also played injured for a lot of this year, which is also an issue he has in his career. Um, this, this, I mean, they don't, they match up well. 
against the Rams, right? They are an opportunistic defense with a great pass rush. Nick Bosa is a monster. He's such a stud. Fred Warner covers the middle of the field swell. The 49ers are not going anywhere, even with Garoppolo's most likely departure, because I think they, they believe in Trey Lance. Even with Trey Lance isn't great, they still have a good roster, top to bottom. Um, yeah, I, th- I think you see the reason why you haven't seen a wide receiver play running back is because they get beat up, yep. right? And then it's hard, they get t- it's tiring to play running back, and then you're asked to go run routes, you know? So I think Debo is going to love this offseason to rest up. They do. I think Mitchell's a, a good enough back. Like this is why you need Kittle to be more Kittley than he was. That's a weird way to say that, but more Kittle. Uh, yeah, um, I get he kind of saying. faded a little bit. And Brandon Ayuk's kind of emergence is important because they need to take a little bit of the spotlight off of Debo Samuel. So defenses, he's. I mean, he's he's gaining yards. He's making a lot of moves to gain him. Right. I mean, he's an incredible player. To your point, but um, you know, seven carries for twenty six yards. Obviously, Mitchell was worse, but that's what Aaron Donald and that defense will do. Um, you know, will do to you in my mind. Um, yeah. You know, I, I just, uh, kind of thought this is what was going to happen. I thought it'd yeah. be a close game, which it was. I thought the Rams would pull it out. I think Stafford is just simply better than Jimmy. You know, Matt Stafford is a gunslinger. So you're going to see the interceptions. You're going to see these weird plays. You're also going to see incredible throws, right? His yep. touchdowns to Cooper cup were awesome. He could put balls in windows that most of us don't dream about. It's why he was the number one <laughs> overall pick, right? It's why yeah. they gave up. It's why they give up two first-round picks, a third-round pick, and other and, and and money to basically trade for him, even though he's old. Not he's in his thirties. He's not like you know. This is this was a money. big trade. I don't but, know how much the, the Lions recaptured. Well, remember, but but remember though, because golf, they kind of they kind of negated it with golf's extension because okay. they had signed Jared Goff to an extension, so it kind of works out in their favor a little bit. Um, yeah, but again, this is why you bring him in because he can make throws that other quarterbacks simply can't. And again, you've got – McVay is comfortable enough saying, because I have a great defensive pass rush and because I've got weapons on offense, if my quarterback makes a mistake, I can overcome it, right? We can overcome it. So we're okay with him throwing some errant throws at times, like the one he threw in this game, and they come back from it because there's a belief, and Stafford just believes in himself, and that's important. I mean, he is – I don't know. I mean, so I, I mentioned how great I think Joe Burrow is. I, I don't know who's better, Stafford or Burrow. Like, I don't. I think they're both great quarterbacks. So, I, you know, I, I'm going to flip a coin between the two. You know, you got Stafford's, you know, we're not going to Super Bowl preview. I'm going to stop myself right now. Okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, it was a is great win by this Rams team. Ask you that if Matthew Stafford wins the Super Bowl, or does he need to win the Super Bowl or not for him to be a Hall of Famer in your book? Yes, I do. I, I think you like. I, look, I'm not a. I'm not. A, I don't believe Philip Rivers should be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. I think Philip Rivers was a great quarterback, but he didn't win, and he's not even better than most of the people that came with, came through with him. I also don't think Eli Manning should be in the Hall of Fame, and he has two Super Bowls. So my criteria is all over the map. But I, yes, I do think sadly Stafford does have to be. Is he in the Hall of Fame? No, I was trying to fuck with you. Oh, I was like, wait a second. Yeah, no. Look, I think the Stafford, the negative against Stafford. Of Trent Dilfer won the Super Bowl, <laughs> so anybody can. That's whether whether Stafford, whether it's his fault or not, he did not have a lot of success with the Lions. He's got great statistics. I can't argue with that. But him winning a Super Bowl with the Rams, that's going to get him more in the conversation as a Hall of Famer. Still don't Absolutely. know if it gets him there, but he's more in the conversation. He's also got plenty of years left. They could win now. But I also am interested to see what team is going to take the Stafford approach moving forward. If they win the Super Bowl, you've got the Sean McVay 
led Rams who have essentially sold their draft capital for the next two years and honestly have been selling their draft capital for years anyway to create star power. I don't disagree, right? I mean, how often does your first round pick hit? Why not trade one for Jalen Ramsey? Why not trade two for Matt Stafford? You know, so I agree with their method if it works and it looks like they're going to have a shot to prove that it works. So um, I think the 49ers had a great run. They ran out of a little bit of steam. And at the end of the day, this is why they drafted Trey Lance. I do think Garoppolo is a good enough quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Everything has to go right. And in this game, it didn't all go right. And obviously late in the game, even though he's actually pretty good in two minute drills, he didn't have enough. He didn't have enough magic left in that two minute drill to get it done. Uh, but the 49ers are a great team. They're going to be back next year. So I'm not super worried for them. I just think it's incredible if you're a 49ers fan that the last five years of your team, you obviously trade for Jimmy G. They were the, the Regis Philbin pick was the, the hot term to use for them of, oh, look out with Jimmy G. When they won like what, six games in a row, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. And then they end up being pretty good. Yeah. Next year they go to the Super Bowl. And last year they, granted, again, injuries, but they weren't good. They kind of floundered all over the place. You're like, what's the deal with this team? There was the whole Kyle Shanahan. I don't even know if Matthew Stafford's going to be alive. Or not Matthew Stafford. I don't know if Jimmy G's going to be alive, quote. Remember that whole thing? Like, right after the Super Bowl, they draft Trey Lance. And yeah, it was weird. Now they're back here in the Final Four. They show what a good defense does. Obviously, we talked about it a ton with both the Cowboys and the Packers' wins. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they're they're right back there. I mean, I think there's a lot of other questions in that division with Arizona, with seeing what the Seahawks can maybe do if Russell Wilson's even coming back there. So And an expensive and aging Rams team. They're exactly. in a great spot with a rookie quarterback, with a young quarterback, a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. Exactly. They can go out, they gotta plug up. They could use a cornerback. They could probably use another weapon offensively. I don't know exactly where that weapon is because they're going to have some good players. Yeah. So let's see what Trey Lance does. Maybe they go. Maybe they go on another offensive lineman. Maybe, maybe they go after a receiver. It's you know, they have options. So 49ers fans and Cowboys fans, you made the playoffs in your division. Looks kind of dicey. Other NFC divisions. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, there's a lot of question marks oh, that come oh, out of there. Well, we talked about Jim Harbaugh. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. This is a good transition into our next conversation. The NFC is now quickly looking like the far weaker division That's where I was than the going. AFC. NFC South is all over the board. Tom Brady right. officially so, announced his t- retirement on Monday. Mm-hmm. And there was uh, whole... I'm drinking by the way, I'm drinking a Sam Adams Boston Lager in honor in honor of Mr. Brady. Um, I ha- I was we have just essentially a Charles Woodson intercept wine in honor of Michigan, where Tom Brady also won. Which the yes, Michigan guys, go. we got to at least start there of some of the trolling. Sure. Brandon Graham showing the, the strip sack in Super Bowl 52. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. <laughs> Going yeah, go blue and it shows and, the strip sack. Oh, uh, it was great. Uh, Matt Ryan wishing you only had six. I mean, all these guys coming yeah. out. Um, uh, Nick Ed Foles, it was just the handshake. Was hysterical. Oh, Nick Foles was great. <laughs> you know what? Um, I, I, I am shocked he retired. I really thought he'd go one more year with the Bucks, try to win that that eighth Super Bowl, and go out at forty five. I respect him for going out on top, although there looked like there was zero drop off to his game. Right? No, we kind of saw it with Manning and Breeze, 
We definitely saw it with, well, we definitely saw it with Manning at the end and Breeze. We kind of saw it before they got there. We knew Big Ben should probably have retired last year. Correct. Um, even Phillip Rivers, right? When you think of this, Eli Manning was benched. When you think of this group of quarterbacks that has come through, and Brady is the last of them with, with Roethlisberger also obviously retiring this year, great career Hall of Famer. But he's overshadowed now five years from now. So, um, you know, I thought he would go back for one more year. That team, even with some free agency losses, is still going to be elite in a division that's in all kinds of turmoil, to your point. Um, I love, you know, he's going out on top. He's going out because he wants to spend time with his family. He's also got a ton of great business ventures. He's, he's got, Whatever he does in his next career, it's going to be just as successful as it is now. Um, but you also don't think about this, right? We don't think about the fact that most NFL players retire in their 30s. So they might have a family, but their family is now – is it they're they're they get their they get to their they have 35 to 50 if you will to raise their children correct brady's only going to get five years six years with his kids in the house and so i say that because you you say wow well, he's got all the time in the world to be with his kids if, if you're thinking that but he doesn't compared to most athletes who normally retire at 40 at the latest correct so you know for him there is there is a familial pull which is which is great because you know, it's sadly not just in sports, but too many people don't have that, don't have that drive to be with their family. So we appreciate that. We know he's going to be involved with business. Um, but I get, I'm still, my point being, I'm still shocked he retired this year. I thought he would give it at least one more year, not as a victory tour, not as a victory lap, like other athletes have, but as legitimately trying to win a Super Bowl because he led the league in touchdowns and passing yards this year. Like what? <laughs> well, I think people forget the that. He's not... lap is so on point because all the guys, obviously, you and I are both thirty-one, and or you're still thirty. For you, thank um, you. Don't make me old. I'm thirty. <laughs> Come on. But still, um, all these different athletes pick a sport that we've seen. Let's say this is my last year. I'm. This is it. Uh, riding out on top, whether they make it official or not. Drew Brees, we kind of knew it was. I'm specifically thinking though, like baseball players, Big Poppy, Mariano Rivera. Guys who not necessarily were past their prime like a Peyton Manning. You can make various different debates on, on both of those players. But they still got like the the bats, the broken bat chairs that Mariano Rivera got or the big poppy send-off stuff that he got in his final year. His sure. last All-Star game appearance and all that kind of stuff. And Tom Brady, to your point, just had such an incredible statistic year that it is shocking that he went out that way yeah. and in kind of that same way that he almost pulled off the incredible comeback and yep, right. seeing what he, he, did. And he did, if you will, other than Cooper cup decided to have some exactly. and yeah, Stafford, cup had the incredible catch. Right. Yeah. Um, which also brings to a point I sent you earlier that I heard on, on part of my take where you add to them. Although I feel like a lot of people that listen to this podcast also listen to that one. So maybe not a free yet, but Tom Brady, Started, if you exclude the 08 season that he had the, the torn ACL, he started 20 years in the NFL. As you just pointed out, he won seven Super Bowls. He did not make it to at least the championship round, the final four conference championship round, six times. It's pretty amazing. He only missed <laughs> the playoffs once in 20 years as a starting quarterback. That's just insane. And the the stuff that's also been shown on all sorts of outlets can separate his career into three different pieces. Like we talked about last week, how you can do with different players. Like Kobe, the 8 and the 24. Tom Brady, 
no matter how you want to divide it by 20s, 30s, 40s, by thirds, by whatever, all different Hall of Fame Has, careers. Right. It's incredible to just see what the guy yeah. did. It kind of sucks that it it seemed like it was this like rushed retirement type of thing because all the news, and we, we let off with it Saturday, Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington release that he's retiring, and there's all this different stuff on SportsCenter and all all this different pouring of praise for Tom Brady. He comes out late Saturday saying, I'm, you know, I haven't said anything to the Bucks." Previously, the Bucks are like, we don't know what you're talking about. They're downplaying it. And then finally on Monday, he says he's retired. Kind of, it kind of sucks, but it's also kind of the, the age we live in of, you know, we have, we have Adrian Wojnowski breaking NBA draft picks. And now because he works for ESPN, sure. ESPN says, don't blow the draft picks. We have all that kind of stuff of like these insiders that have all these different, you know, ins and in, in ways to break news that they have that. And I don't think that changes anything in terms of journalism, but also, you know, if, if you're that kind of a guy, maybe Tom Brady doesn't care. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. He's I don't brilliant. think I was going to say, I don't think Brady, at the end of the day, I don't think Brady, we, I don't even know if he wants a lot of fanfare, right? I mean, yeah. That's kind of his vibe, right? Get, like, get to work. Next next game, well, next play. As Belichick point, used to say, right? To that point, we also had Tom Brady's actual retirement where he thanked both Tampa Bay and St. Petersburg, but he didn't thank New England. And right. he, since, he has since thanked New England. He but, has since thanked New I England. Guess. But like the six hours that Patriot fans we're going nuts. I, it felt a little good that they they wanted to. All right, Didn't, feed me, feed me. I agree. Me more. I agree. I agree. And you know what? You know what? I, I, Brady's. They're, they're, one day the book will be written. And I don't know. I don't think he has any hate, if you will, in his heart. No, for obviously so he loves craft. I don't think so. Either. I don't think he hates Belichick. I think something happened. I think there's a long stand. That that's why these guys are so well, great. Is that they wanted it. Antonio they... Brown and the Patriots that like really pissed Brady off. Like there was some. Sure. There was some slighting. That's why he left. I still don't know why. I still don't know why Brown. I still don't know why Brady's throwing his his hat in the ring for Brown of all yeah, people. I, but, I agree with that. But yeah, Certainly. right. But like I think they were like they were closer than we know, and there mm-hmm. was that, all that kind of stuff. I've heard that from a, a number of different podcasts I listen to. But yeah. It was it was an interesting thought there. Now you mentioned the Big Ben, Tom Brady. I've also seen. Oh, did you see Tom Brady's back? thing about Big Ben? No, I did not see this. Tell me this. Oh, go look at his. Go okay. So Brady congratulated Big Ben on his retirement. All right, and it, he got it on. I think it's on Twitter, and he says in his in his post, basically, basically Ben didn't follow the TB12 method. He followed his own method of like beers and brats or whatever. <laughs> Um, but he's not, it's not an insult. Right. And he, and he goes, it just shows you that it just shows you that there's so many, there's so many different ways to, to have success. Like congrats to a great career. It was actually really funny. Right. Cause you think about Brady, he's the guy who's brought, trying to bring his teammates into the big, the, yeah. the TB 12 yeah, method. Yeah, yeah. Gronk has spoken. And by the way, it's, it's not a bad method. It clearly works, but um, I thought it was funny when he was going through that. So anyway, that was my point. If you haven't seen it, I, think it's better, a tweet. I believe it's a tweet. One of the better memes I saw was the Elmo like holding his arms up and it's like a nuclear bomb going off behind him and it's captioned Brady eating eating a strawberry for the first time. I love that. That is fantastic. So many great, 
there's we'll got to be someone we'll that's making he, a lot of we'll money. See off he releases, of we'll see if he releases from the method. <laughs> I don't think he will. It's a business thing for him now, too. But yeah. I'd love like a Tom versus time slash man, man versus food crossover. Now, now, let me ask you a question, because I know you're going to ask me something about Big Ben. So go go with that first, and I'll ask you my question after. All right. So, no, no, no. All I was going to ask was, I've seen on Twitter, Instagram, in podcasts, the take that Steelers fans have said, Canton's only two hours away. We're not letting Brady overshadow this. I want your thoughts on that. I think Brady would love nothing more. Honestly, that to be booed at his Hall of Fame ceremony by, by the Steelers fan specifically. I think we'll be he as would, awkward I think as he would love as Goodell it. trying to get get booed at the at the draft. Oh no, I think I think I think he'll love it. And by the way, obviously Brady will have a ton of supporters there. Patriots fans will come around. The Bucks, some, some Bucks fans, because let's be real. Look, the Buccaneers are, are a fine NFL franchise. Okay, their fan base. Yeah, fans are I, I would. They got they, like four years. I think of the Lightning being incredible. Tom Brady for two years oh, the and the Rays, Rays yeah. literally being a dumb managerial decision away from winning a world series. I, I think Tampa, I think Buccaneers fans are bottom third in the NFL and, and that's an insult. And I mean it again, no, one I of the agree. problems you have with, 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 with Southern teams, it, it, South is that it's the weather's they have better, better, better things to do. If you live in green Bay, literally the only thing to do is go to a green Bay game. Right again, Chiefs. But not again. Freaking we'll cold. Watch the fucking clip of before the Ray Allen shot in the 2013 finals of Heat fans mm-hmm. leaving. They could care less that their team is right, fucking right. losing. It's Try a that in Philly. Try that in now, New York. Tampa Try Bay. Tampa Bay's not my. Tampa Bay's not Miami or L.A. Those are the two worst. But again, and I, I mean, no disrespect to the diehard Bucks fans because you're out there. You, you went through the creamsicle era, right? And oh, yeah. I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. You go down to Tampa Bay, the first thing they're not talking about is the Buccaneers. You come to Philly, we're talking Eagles. You come to the, you go to Green Bay, we're talking Packers. You go to New England, we're talking Patriots, Red Sox. I mean, I can go Celtics, sadly, Bruins. Everything's good there right now. Yeah, you know, you Bruins. go to New York, Giants come they're up, the Yankees comes up. But again, it's a cold weather thing, right? I mean, I mean, especially in football, there's not. I'm not saying there's horrible fan bases down in the in the lower South. New Orleans is really committed, but. <laughs> You know, Jacksonville, Miami, and Tampa Bay, come on. The L.A. teams can't even fill their stadium. It was 60-40, 49ers fans, Rams fans. Bengals for the NFC Championship Bowl. game. Congrats, Bengals fans. <laughs> yeah. So let me, let me get back to the point on Brady, though. Do you think there's any chance that a couple years down the road, a needy quarterback team, say the Patriots or the Buccaneers, right, Calls Brady and he comes back for a year, like mid-season. Only because or maybe next year. And part of this, I think, is because getting off the not like a Michael Jordan, but not not a Michael Jordan of the Wizards thing. But anyway, oh, you mean Uh, back to the Bulls? No, I was going to say the Wizards because last night we went to the Wizards Sixers game, and there was a guy who I saw both coming on and off the subway going to and from the game in a Michael Jordan's wizard, Michael Jordan wizard jersey. Which I might as well call sure. that era the Michael Jordans. Yeah, I saw that, so that's why I'm thinking it. But I could see. I'll it. give you. I'll give you one I think team. He wouldn't go, he to, would look, go to the Jets. I love that meme. One was, team. The, that was I a great the one. Meme that was like, oh, Brady has one last obstacle to fill, and it was Brady in a Jets to, to, to tell us he's not human. Yeah. I've got one team that could work. One team, 
he grew up a fan of one team. Do you know what it is? He was a kid. Niners. Joe Montana Niners fan. Yeah. Trey Lance doesn't work out or he gets hurt. Could Kyle Shanahan call up Tom and say, hey, I need you to come back and play for this team? That would be awesome. Uh, so like if I was Brady, Jimmy G on a cross for Tom Brady to <laughs> want to go to the 49. I don't actually think he'll come back. I wish he would do it. I don't it. think he does I actually either. thought it would be perfect. I, think that's, if I you, thought if that, you're saying he's I thought if Mac Jones, those are my conditions. Those are your conditions. Would be pretty cool. Anyway, what do they even um, get for? What do the Patriots get for the second round pick they got for Jimmy G? I don't have to look it up. Yeah, probably have to a good player. Up. They've got a lot. They've got a lot of good players right now. So anyway. Look, Brady has been is, – is clearly the greatest quarterback of all time, and it's the most important position in American sports, maybe all of – maybe all sports. So there was a take Team-based sports. Is, is he – him versus like a Bill Russell who won a ton of championships with the Celtics? Is Brady more impressive Look, winning seven in a modern era? Well, seven in football. So let me – like I, I, football is an interesting sport. Just let's talk about the big four of American sports, right? The parity in football is greater than any other big four sport. So in basketball, L.A. Celtics, you know, superstars traveling, superstar the Bulls, but superstars want to play in in big markets, glamorous, and they can get themselves there. It's way easier to move in in the NBA right now than it's ever been. LeBron is a great example. Correct, right? there's one superstar Um, that's not movable, but that's a different conversation. You're darn right there is. We'll let that one go. In baseball, there's a money disparity. To your point, the Rays can't afford what the Yankees can afford. doesn't mean the Rays can't win, but they don't have 27 titles. There's a reason the Yankees do, right? The Yankees are a great franchise in baseball, so I'm not disrespecting the Yankees here. But they can, they can pay more to keep some talent, or at the very least to pay for a front office staff or a manager. But, for example, the Rays can't. In ho- hockey is a little different. The salary cap's pretty restrictive. Um, now it is. And, it and you've was got, not in the Wayne right, Gretzky era. Correct. So back in the day, you used to, be able to pay for players. Now it's a little tougher, but I don't know. Maybe it's a little more parity related. Um, but you still have seen some, some. Well, you've seen some somewhat dynasties, though. The Penguins had it. The Bruins were good. The Blackhawks. Um, but I guess, I guess, of all the sports, I love you. Makes for the Bruins so in it, there. <laughs> uh, this is just makes for Greg. You so, only well, won the, one. You only won one. Won one. They won one, but they have been consistently That's just excellent for Greg, year after year. The Flyers that year. You only won one. One of the hardest. One of the hardest things about football is the only major sport that is a one-game playoff. Right, so you have to show up every single game in the playoffs. As we just saw, the Chiefs happen to the Chiefs. In the NBA, you can have an off night. In the NHL, you can have an off night. Even in Major League Baseball, you're starting yeah, pitcher seven can suck series for one in night. The World Series, or in your right. finals. It's, it's in football, simple. you have to you have to be your best for f- f- three to four games, no matter what, right? Like there is no margin for error. So for Brady to do what he did to win seven rings, six with the same team, by the way, and for those who say he's a system quarterback, which I've heard a couple times recently, just in passing, mostly from Jets, mostly from Jets, but he didn't even, but he didn't even have, he didn't like he was, he wasn't until Tampa Bay. His best year of weapons was he lost the Super Bowl when yes. he had Moss and Welker. He exactly. traditionally won with no talent at with the wide receiver position specifically. And right. And the big thing with the Patriots, how many years was it between when you beat the Eagles and they beat the Seahawks? Nine years? 
Oh, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, he, he won him in group. He won him across the spectrum. Um, and but to your point, though, the excellence was, he lost to Eli Manning twice. Right. But it's, it's also right. Cause people thought he was, the, the dynasty was done and then it roared back to life. Um, to your point, when you consider like consistent excellence, though, he was in the conference championships every year. He was in Super Bowls. He was, all, lost yeah, he was three. there. Yeah. He was there. His team was always there. And in, 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 a, in a football era, which is way more competitive than it's ever been, with way more scrutiny, scrutiny to win as much as he did. I mean, no one else. I mean, Bradshaw has five. No, Bradshaw has four. Four. Him and Joe uh, Montana are at four. And then Ten and a half, four. Seven. seven. That's, that's again, you think of, okay, well, maybe he should come back because Mahomes might win that many. Or Mahomes just lost, right? Like he's, so it's, it's impressive. It, it's hard to win two. Right? Manning won two and he literally limped into his second one, right? Like, like that's amazing to me. So I mean, anyway, ben with his two, not that big I'm not ben, trying well, to knock those big Ben teams and no, like no, no, no. Jerome Bennis. Are you talking about, oh, the Steelers talking were, about Peyton Manning? The, yes, 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 yes. Right. And, and by the way, big Ben was on a The Steelers are a, a flag, a flag, um, a flagship franchise of the NFL. Been around forever, been great forever. Three hood coaches in their history and big Ben only won two as a, and he's going to go into the hall of fame. Thirty-one seven. Like it's it's almost an unreachable number because of the parity, right? Oh, Mahomes is great. Well, so is Josh Allen. So is Joe Burrow. So is Justin Herbert, right? I mean, I feel like, like if if it wasn't a if Mahomes won seven crap. and Josh Allen wins one, that would be a disappointment to what we're like setting up for our kids, right? Of seeing well, because we're moving we're moving into that play. next clump of we're moving into that next clump of great quarterbacks that is coming through now. But I, I just – that's where I go back to your – there's a chance. And I also think the other thing is you – now, Brady is not physically inept. He's 6'4", 6'5". Certainly not. He's got a decent arm. He's got a good arm, but he doesn't have a throw-you-out-of-the-gym arm. He doesn't run all over the field, right? He, he, is, he beats you with motivation, determination, and, and, um, and practice. So he's showing that you don't have to be the first overall pick. You don't have to have the biggest arm. You don't have to run the fastest. You don't have to be the strongest, right? You have to be more willing, more determined, and be smarter. And, uh, you know, I do think as we move into an era of quarterbacks who, who are all-encompassing like Allen and Mahomes, right, it's, it's you got to be willing to put the work in to be smarter than your opponent. Work hard. You still have to work harder. I mean, again, Man- and Manning was the same way, so, and Breeze was the same way. They beat you before the ball was snapped. Well, Manny, this to your new point, age is Ryan not Leaf, all the stuff that's coming out about him post that draft is mm-hmm. insane. Mm-hmm. But you know who mm-hmm. threw the ball of the gym? Jamarcus Russell. Another great example, right? <laughs> it's not just about the athleticism. Yeah. And, and by the way, I think every I think all these young quarterbacks can do can do it. But there's you, you know they mentioned will he will he eat strawberries or broccoli? I you know that's what it takes especially to play to 45, 44, you know, he worked harder. He was smarter about his body, all these young quarterbacks. And so many of them are doing this because Brady did it yeah. right. So many have nutritionists and, and chefs and trainers and people who constantly take care of them and their bodies because Brady did it first. I so, want to see, um, I want to see a Yarmir Yager diet versus the Tom Brady diet. That's what I want to see. You know, to his, but you know, to his point, Big Ben, Big Ben did it without the Brady, without the, yeah, the, the no, Brady. No, definitely. I so want, I, but, I want an E sixty on diets. Right. Big Ben, Yager, Look, and and Tom Brady. You got to take away. 
You've got to take well, – you, you can only control what you can control. You've got to take away obstacles. Brady decided he was going to take away obstacles. He was going to be healthier. He was going to work harder. He was going to put, he was going to be more determined than you. Yeah. You know, he was going to, and, and relationships matter. People think Brady is absolutely a cold person at times to opponents. But when it comes to his teammates, they are the most important thing, right? He made a Kent state quarterback into a fringe hall of famer in Julian Edelman. Right. I mean, that doesn't just happen. Nothing he took Antonio Brown. Julian and, Edelman. He won me a nice oh, bet. Oh, on Super right. MVP. And by the way, Julian Edelman would have had success as Wes Welker did, right? With with Manning. But Brady was the reason he became a great slot corner, right? Like James White is an elite pass catching back. Brady was the guy that got him there. So, uh, you know, this is the big knock right now between Brady and Rodgers. Rodgers doesn't always cultivate the same relationships that Brady does. And it's not just with his receivers, it's with the whole organization, right? Top to bottom, mm-hmm. he's going to find a way. And so, again, the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. It's going to be tough for somebody to pass him, um, and from you know, and he'll have tough as an understatement, right? Right. But somehow, that's not even the biggest news in the NFL. I know we've we've run over a little bit, like our time frame here. Uh, it's all good. Um, it's all good. But now, the biggest news in the NFL is the class action lawsuit filed by the former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores against the NFL, the Dolphins, the Giants, and the Denver Broncos. And now kind um, of the Browns because Hugh Jackson's jumped in. Correct, which, which is what he's hoping is that people jump on. Um, so I'll give a really high-level summary to start, all right? He is the Dolphins head coach. He gets fired after a number of actually pretty impressive seasons. Think about this year. They had a winning record after starting the year one and six, I believe. Um, his allegations to get to the Dolphins are that co- uh, the owner, um, who no one thinks is a great owner, by the way, wanted to pay him $100,000 per loss in the 2019 season so they get a better draft pick. He refused. Um, and then he still gets fired a couple years later, even though he has a winning record for the Dolphins. All right. Yep. Um, his allegations against the Giants are pretty well known. He gets a text from Bill Belichick. The Giants are disputing the time frame. They get a text from Bill Belichick saying, congratulate him getting the Giants job. It turns out it's not Brian Flores. It's Brian Babel. Uh, the offensive coordinator for the Bills who gets the job. And it appears like those texts occur before Flores even gets interviewed. So he goes into an interview with the Giants knowing that he's not getting the job, which obviously is not right at all. Definitely and his not. allegation against the Broncos is that the, his entire interview was a sham. He made comments about John Elway's you know, demeanor and, 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 and hung over, which Elway always kind of looks hung over, to be honest. But at top of the point, he is claiming they, they, that was a sham interview done just to honor the Rudy rule. And obviously, the, all, the NFL is now factored into all of this. Um, we, we know there's an issue in the NFL with, with the fact that there are not a lot of African-Americans and not even a lot of people of color in the ranks of coaches, GMs, and obviously there's not a single non-white owner in the NFL. right? We, like This is a fact. This is not a, yep. something new. Um, and I think more so than anything, because if you hear players specifically talk about this, Demario Davis, the Saints linebacker, came on and talked about it on, on a show. He goes, we're not, we're not discrediting the white coaches, the white GMs, even the white owners, although he wasn't as respectful to the white owners, which makes sense. They have a bad track record. But we just want a fair shake, right? We want, we want African-Americans and, and players of color and people of color to have a fair shake when it comes to head coaching jobs and GM jobs. And he has a point because obviously so much of the NFL is 
African-American. I think it's over 60%, if my memory shows me correct. So there does deserve to be a fair shake for these guys. Um, And the hard part is you go, they should just pick the best candidate. And while I obviously agree with that sentiment on its face value, if the system isn't going to help produce the best candidates because it's going to single out and, and filter up white people, then the system needs to be changed, which is really what Flores is trying to do. There's no easy answers here because there's no easy way to fix the system other than to, again, they're now incentivizing. If you have a, a black coordinator or front office member who gets a job, you, you get a draft pick. And that's, that's, by the way, sometimes you got to put the money in it and that's going to help over time do that kind of thing. But there is one single black coach in the NFL. It's Mike Tomlin. There's three of color, I think, maybe two. Um, Robert Sala of the Jets, and the other one will come to me in a second. Um, but it just doesn't make sense. And the other hard part, I think, for a lot of these players, you look at Flores, has success, still gets fired. By the way, coaches have success and get fired all the time, but doesn't matter. You've got Byron Leftwich down in Tampa Bay. You've got Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City. You know, there's a couple defensive coordinators, um, some of them who have been head coaches before. There are guys that appear to be out there available to be to be hired who for some reason aren't being hired. Yeah. And you can make individual arguments. I, I know the enemy has gotten there's some things about him that I've heard some people say this is why he doesn't get the job. He doesn't call plays, but Matt Nagy didn't call plays. Doug Peterson didn't call plays, by the way. Certainly. He won a Super yeah. Bowl. The only thing so, the enemy I've and, heard and, and it's not really it's people just theorizing this, and I hope this theory is true, is that maybe he's like a crown prince. For Kansas City, that sure they'll said, take over. I'm, right, I'm retiring in oh so many years. So if you can stick it out, the keys to the castle are yours. I hope that's true, and that's why he hasn't been hired because he's had Patrick Mahomes for how many years now? Sure. And now I think, and by it? the way, some, something well, something that works against him and Byron Leftwich, just objectively, is that they have Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady as their quarterback. So of course they're going to look good, right? Matt Nagy was yeah, but Josh Peyton Manning's offensive for what, coordinator. Third or fourth head coach job. Second, only Tom second, Brady only second, defense. only second, only second. Technically third. He was hired as the Colts head coaching job. I guess it was. Oh, uh, I guess you're right. And then he, yeah, okay, all right, touche, touche. Yeah, but here's the thing: Flores is absolutely right, and I think why you know this is something that might have teeth is that he's not a retired coach. No, I agree. I'm not I totally discrediting agree. like he's, a Hugh Jackson, but he's, he's a he's a guy that somebody would want as a coach or at totally least a defensive agree. coordinator tomorrow. And he has interviews left. He is going to interview for other jobs. Houston may want him because he may allow Deshaun Watson to stay in the fold. Talk about that day if he was quarterback half group. of the people on the Houston Texans. I'm grossly overestimating the number. To his point of them being like, we're going to have pay you $100,000 for tanking games in 2019. How many players did they trade to the Texans in 2019? Right, right. <laughs> so in the Laramie Tunsil deal, right. Um, and Not so just that, I think they it a means... running back too, or is that a part of Laramie Tunsil? I don't know if it was part or not. I don't remember. But they traded. They, there was um, a lot of guys that went to from Miami sure. to Houston. He sure. knows those guys. But I, probably still close to him. Yeah, but so I think it means something because he is putting his entire current line you know, I think I think a team, you know, I, I hope players rise up and join, at least get their voices heard. I would love some, to be honest, more so than, than black players. Well, I think white players need to step up, whether that's, you know, current stars in the NFL 
like a like a Josh Allen, right? Like that level of stardom need to be on board here. I hope coaches out. I hope Bill Belichick comes out and said he would be a huge win for this to move forward. Is have Belichick say something? Hey, I you know what? I agree with Brian. Like I, I was one that like sent these texts in. It was wrong on my part, maybe. Although not necessarily. It's not wrong. Belichick's not wrong, right? He's thank. He's he's congratulating a friend. He thought he was texting another friend. Yeah. He would have done the same thing if it was Flores, by the way, regardless of the conversation. But it would be nice to see it. And I, I nothing would make me happier than an owner stepping up. I think the NFL has a chance here. They can find somebody to buy the Broncos that's African-American or of color. Yeah, that'd be great. I don't know how they do that. But if I'm them, if I'm, if I'm the NFL, I'm like, hey, um, I wish they would make Daniel Snyder sell. Would love for the, oh commanders, the commanders to have a African owner, especially in DC, right? Which is a very, it's a heavy, heavy black population. It, it, he's absolutely right, though. I think Ford is 100% right. It's a problem the NFL's had for a while now. Um, there was a, a kind of influx of, of black coaches, and they've since, for whatever reason, stopped to an extent. Because again, a lot of these defensive coordinators that they're bringing up as for head coaching positions. That are that are black are are actually former head coaches. Leslie Frazier was for the um for the Vikings, and who I'm forgetting the other guy that I was just thinking of. I'm and sure I'll, that, you know, I was going to ask head. you the Bucks the Bucks defensive coordinator was the Jets yeah. Head coach. Well, Raheem Morris, Raheem Morris, yeah. Well, that's, that's one. But the Bucks, was, there's no, it's different one. Uh, Bucks. It's the was it Leslie Bucks Frazier? Coordinator. Was not. Is it? I thought it was. Is it Leslie Frazier? No, it's. Um, I might be right. Or is that the Bills defensive coordinator? That's the Bills. The okay. Box. I'm looking this up now. Uh, look it up. Look it up. You make me mad. You you finish your thought. I'll, I'll let you know. Anyway, so I think I think that's holding back, especially because there's obviously an influx right now of hiring offensive coordinators to be head coaches. Right? Both both uh, both head coaches in the Super Bowl are offensive guys. Um, every other Shanahan was an offensive guy. Reed is off. Like offensive coaches are a in vogue and b having the most success right now. Ah, Outside of really Bowles. Sean McDermott. Todd Bowles, and he was was he the Jets? He was the Jets head coach for like three years. Okay, so a couple of things: if you're a, a black a black um, coach, or you sh- or, or you should not be hired by the Jets, because what I'm hearing is the Jets just hire people and fire people all the time. So that's not great. Um, but anyway, I, I think mean, it has merit. I hope the, the NFL does something. Matt I Adams, think the hard I'm sorry. part is Matt Adams. Yeah. I'm sorry, but it's the Jets. <laughs> I think the hard part here is there's no easy solution to this problem. I actually don't even know what the solution is to be upfront with you. I don't know how you tell an owner you can't hire your guy because he's not a, like a black guy. And, and I want to be careful with my wording here. I, I, maybe that's the answer, right? Maybe you somehow incentivize it. If you hire a black coach, you get a first round pick. But I also don't want to monetize the transaction, right? It should be because they're the best candidate, not. But we got to get there, and so it's a really challenging situation for Roger Goodell and the NFL and the owners to figure this out. Because if this continues to roll and more and more people jump on board, the media is all over it, which is a good thing in this case, right? Um, we want this to happen. We just need to find out how it can happen. So incentivizing, totally you know, guys getting third round picks for offensive coordinators and. And even front office guys being hired, that's a big deal. Um, but I don't know what the next step is. It's not an, it's not an easy step. They got, they've got to figure something out to, to push this. 
Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't have an easy answer here because again, it's, it's not an easy topic. Um, there's a, the positive is there's a lot of really good, talented black coordinators, right? Gerard, Gerard Mayo is the defensive coordinator for uh, the 49ers. And he looks like a guy who could eventually be a good former player, right? Great yeah, linebacker. Say, great Patriots. fucking defensive player. Yeah. Again, for whatever reason, though, it seems like a lot of them, other like outside of the enemy and, and Leftwich, a lot of them are defensive minded, which is great, except I just talked about the trend of not hiring. I, yeah. I, I wish I could learn more to your point about why Eric Bieniemy is not so not already hired, right? Like what is holding him back? Because yeah. um, again, if the Eagles had hired him in the last cycle, and I, I, I'm seeing how he's obviously turned out fine so far, I would have been far. very happy. He's a great, he's a great mind, and yeah. Byron Leftwich, and former Andy quarterback, Reed, Andy Reid co- coaching tree built up, he would have eaten it up. Yeah. So I, I we'll see know. what There's happens. It's a really like, tough one. That a lot of these names, at least offensively, and I say this obviously as a white person and, and and trying to sound sensitive of former players have been so so in coaching, whether that's basketball, whether it's hockey, whether it's baseball. Baseball's kind of a mix. Baseball's probably the best example of like players turning into good managers. Football's hit or miss. You know, Mike Singletary was a really good defensive player, obviously a part of the 85 Bears, was a really good coach, never won a championship, but still a really good coach. But he's a defensive guy. And I don't know if it's defensive guys just come to coaching better because defensively there's a you get the scheme, you get what's going on, you get your role there. So is it like, obviously, like we're not seeing, well, Byron Uthlich was a quarterback. But like guys, like do we need to see like offensive linemen be the offensive example for what we want to see out of coaches? I I, I think quarterbacks, um, I think quarterbacks factor in well. To be honest with you, yeah. But so, so, I, so give me one that that was a good quarterback. John Elway's a GM, but like, what has he really done aside from sa- a good head coach Manning? quarterback? <laughs> now you say that you caught me because. Trying to think of who the best. Well, I think a lot of times it's weird because, like, Doug Peterson is a quarterback, but who else? Well, Zach Zach Taylor was a quarterback. Doug Peterson was a quarterback. Yeah, but he was a back. Doug Peterson was a lifetime backup, so he got to know the. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm saying that's and therefore like not sucked. Just been just was a backup for many years. I I say sucked in the general term. You and I would suck as NFL quarterbacks, but like. No, speak I guess for yourself, like the, bro. The, the but if I didn't, if I didn't have my, if I didn't hurt players, my ankle, I would have been in the NFL. <laughs> I guess I'm saying is like the guys that are successful in the NFL that have been successful as coaches. Byron Leftwich is the exception to that rule. Have been good defensive players, and I don't know if it's defensive guys that have to adapt an offensive mindset, or and it's the same. It's Almost the same, and Terry Bradshaw is also an exception to this. But defensive players, and I have my thoughts on Tony Romo, I said a couple weeks ago, defensive players are great analysts. So I don't know, are are defensive players just the better mindset for it, and we just need to give those guys a better stage, and whether that's as an analyst or as a coach? I I, I think the one thing is hard. 
a lot of the guys that are head coaches in the NFL did play at some point. Sure. Absolutely. Whether whether we knew about them or not is different, but most of them played college. Yeah, or they many played of Division them three. Were, right, we're middling pros. Right, we're middling pros. Um, and and it, for whatever reason, the game came like, look, there's the reason Tiger Woods has a golf coach, right? You And it's reason Wayne Brady was so great. He was an NHL coach. Perfect example. Right, no, no. And no, just because you're a player doesn't mean you're going to be a great coach. That I certainly agree. Just because you're a, certainly a player to GM does, definitely does not always work out. Certainly. You can, you can think Elway. Elway's obviously faltered now, you know, and he stepped away from being the GM because, yes, he had a couple of successful years. But so I don't know. I, again, I think that's it's hard. Like, where's the talent pool? Where does it come from? Identifying great coaches is, is almost as much of a crapshoot as identifying a great quarterback. Yeah, so we see point. people Tom go Brady, through coaches. Great point. We see some great coaches. We see some guys that we think are great hires that don't work out. We see some guys who are like, again, the Eagles drafted Doug Peterson, and I was like, uh, signed Doug Peterson to be their head coach, and I was like, well, I wanted Sean Payton. The, like the he top, was almost the he was Doug Peterson head coaching job. There's some really good, right. like water cooler conversations that I'm sure you and I both had at our jobs. Of like, this guy never called a thing with the Chiefs. What's he doing? Yeah. And two years later, but, the Eagles win the Super Bowl. So. But it's it's also the same reason why a guy like Eric Bieniemy deserves an opportunity, right? Oh, all the negatives that we just the talked same, about doesn't. Same pedigree. You know, it's the same pedigree as guys who who knew nothing who also got head coaching jobs who just happened to be white. So that's what the league is. Yeah, no, I know. So Adam Gates so got how it's many a, head coaching jobs? Oh God, let's not go there. It's it's a problem the NFL needs to find out how to address, and there isn't an easy answer, right? It's, is it easy to say, okay, well, if you sign a black head coach, you get a first-round draft pick? That Maybe that's right. Maybe that's wrong. There's got to be something more, and I don't know what it is. This is why, and I'm not – that's why I don't get paid Roger Goodell money, right? Goodell needs to sit down and figure out how he can fix this issue because even if this lawsuit doesn't go anywhere, it's going to keep coming up, right? It's it's not going cycling away. through the news. It's not good press. It's not good press for the NFL. Well, also, um, and that, again, just give them a fair shake. I think is is what they're saying right now. Don't certainly. hire somebody and let Brian Flores come in an interview. Right? Don't certainly. fire Brian Flores because he didn't lose. That's I mean, again, Brian Flores is a great coach. If if uh, I would be happy to really have him as Eagles head Tua coach. Sucked when you tanked for Tua and you asked this guy to tank for him and fuck right. off. Yeah, it's a lot of mistakes. So it's a big issue the NFL is going to have to deal with. It's going to, it's going to take up a lot of this Super Bowl cycle, which is, is, um, is good because, honestly, it needs to be dealt with. It needs it to be dealt with to. sooner than later, and it can't, it can't wait any longer. Um, what surprises me a little bit is the NFL is all about winning, right? So if, if owners are so blinded for whatever reason, and I'm not saying they're overtly blinded, right? They're not actively against it. But if they're not thinking about the fact that there are great head coaching candidates, great offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, GM candidates who are African American, who are black, then they're making a mistake because you need to find the best. That you need to find the best person, Definitely. and a guy like Flores could absolutely do it. Tomlin has Tomlin has paved the way. Other others have to. Dunn, Jim, uh, uh, Herm Edwards, but Tomlin has shown you that. Fuck hey, Caldwell. you don't. You know, Jim Caldwell is a great head coach. Right, right. Who got screwed because he was. A, by the way, Jim Caldwell, who got the Lions. To a winning record. If you can do that. And the year that Dungey was, I don't want to throw any shade at Tony Dungey, but there was something with Tony Dungey, right? Like, did he miss the season and Jim Caldwell took over? Or did he get fired? 
I don't know. Well, Never, one, no, the big thing with Dungey, obviously Dungey got no, before, let go, before and then Jim John Caldwell, Gruden took the— Before Jim Caldwell got the Lions job, Caldwell was like a good Colts head coach, right? He might have been on the Colts. i got to think back. It's been so the, long, my head hurts thinking about it. He was with the Colts. Um, but I get—yo, I, you know, I totally agree with you on all of this. And there's something the NFL has to figure out. And what I was getting at was you're hearing more and more news of the Spike Lee-led Colin Kaepernick show. More of this stuff is coming to light. It's not going away if you're Roger Goodell or if you're anybody in the NFL. All this stuff is going to come to light, and you need to fix it or step the fuck down and let somebody who's going to fix it step in. So... I don't yeah, know what the no, answer I is, agree. but one or the other, figure it out and make it better because you hear this every single yeah. year about whether it's Matt Rule getting the Panthers job with zero NFL experience or what have you, you're going to hear it no matter what. And it's only getting worse now that more people of color coaching jobs have been lost and are not being refilled. It's only getting worse. And again, this is me as a white person saying this that thinks that anybody that is qualified should get a fair shake. And I want to see the best people get their fair shake. And I don't know how to say that more genuinely than just I want to see it. I don't know how better to say that. But fucking do it. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I, and I, by the way, you, you mentioned a good point, like the like fat rule coming from the college ranks. Who's the best? Af- who's the best black coach in, the, in college football? Uh, you tell me. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Probably, probably David Shaw at Stanford. Yeah, obviously okay, didn't have a great a year one. this year. That's like, a good one. College, but but no, but college football has a has a problem too. We're just for whatever reason we're not talking about it. Yeah, college football 100% has you think of the best coaches in college football they're a bunch of white guys and whether that's right like, right or wrong because there is no uproar about it that also says something because guess what 95 like when you watch an Alabama football game pretty much everyone's black <laughs> like, and yeah. again I'm not this is not a shot at Nick Saban Nick Saban is arguably the greatest college football coach of all time if not already there beating out Bear Bryant at this point but that's it. Like that's an issue we're not even talking about for whatever reason. Where are the black head coaches in college football? In fact, and the reason I think that it's actually maybe should be more of an issue is because the NFL slowly succumbs to whatever college football is doing. Right? The the spread offense began in college football and it moved to the pros. Right? So whatever college football is doing, the NFL is eventually going to adopt. So if your talent pool is a bunch of and a lot of guys start out in college, um, and and you don't hear about it because they're just their their quality control assistants, their coordinators in college take a a line uh, a offensive line coaching job or a defensive back coaching job in the NFL and they work their way up. But a lot of guys do come from the college ranks. We just don't hear about it till later. That you know that's I, I hope they Meyer figure that out too. And that that is that. Urban Meyer gets chance after chance, and 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 he. Again, in college, he's a great coach. But again, I, I think back to like there are just not a lot of elite black coaches in college football. And, and in terms of like longevity, Deion, uh, Deion Sanders is obviously hopefully changing that, which would just be wonderful. Um, even though I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge primetime fan, but hey, I hope I hope he figures it out. So, yeah, 
All right, so before I get to the breaking news I just got from my wo- my lovely, lovely wife, Jim Caldwell, hired by Tony Dungy, became the successor in waiting to Tony Dungy, was the head coach for the Super Bowl 44 loss for the Colts against the Saints when the Saints won the Super Bowl was their head coach through the 2011 season when Peyton Manning missed the entire season because of his neck surgeries when they tanked for Andrew Luck. Fired after that. Was then the quarterback's coach for the Ravens when they then went to the Super Bowl to lose to Jim Harbaugh. Then became the Lions head coach. First black head coach of the Lions. Was their head coach for a number of different years. Fired after 2017, has not been an NFL head coach since then, but was then a assistant to Brian Flores in Miami, and he was not retained after the 2019 season. He's interviewed to be the Jaguars head coach, the Bears head coach for this current year, and Matt, breaking news from my lovely wife, lovely life. I know, I know the news. Better tell me right now. I just saw it. <laughs> Doug Peterson, who we just talked about, former Eagles head coach, has been hired as the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. Your immediate thoughts? Great hire. I know everything I just said about black coaches, and I wish they had gone in a different direction from a from that perspective. But Doug Peterson going to the Jacksonville Jaguars is an awesome hire. You know, it, he is a guy that obviously understands how to win football games. He's going to bring a winning attitude to the Jaguars who need it desperately. Trevor Lawrence needs some assistance. I think Doug can figure that out for him. Um, Lawrence has a lot of similarities to, to a young pre whatever happened to Carson, Carson Wentz. Um, I actually pinned him to be hired here before a while back. I thought he was a great fit. He brings some common continuity to a, to a franchise that has lacked it, obviously even before urban Meyer. So um, I think Jaguar fans are pretty happy tonight with the hire. Um, and again, it's tough to it's tough to talk this through because we just talked about the issues with not hiring black coaches. And Doug is definitely a white guy because he wears a visor. Um, uh, but it's a great hire, um, and it's a smart hire for for Shad Khan, the owner down there, has made a lot of missteps. Uh, and and I think Doug is inheriting a young team with with potentially a good amount of talent, starting with Trevor Lawrence and hopefully a healthy Travis Etienne, you know, next year for them. So. We'll see what happens, um, but I do think it's a good hire. No, I, I think so too, and I think great. Let me let me rephrase that. I think it's a great hire. I think Doug is recharged after a year off. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we saw a lot of post-firing Doug Peterson thoughts on everything with the Eagles and everything with personnel. We saw him and Carson potentially reconnect and all that good stuff. It's a great call with Trevor Lawrence. And I think to bring in a young guy, or obviously the young guy's already there, but to bring in a guy to talk to a young guy and revamp a young offense that I think might need a guy with NFL experience who's been on staffs that have been very successful, not necessarily a college guy, which maybe that's where the Jags were going for previously with, Urban Meyer, I don't know. I, I've always 
like Doug Peterson. I know the ending with the Washington football game was kind of weird, to say the least. Um, I don't know. I like it a lot. I, I'm excited to see what he can do again. But also, with everything we were just talking about, it, it's weird to praise the hire and see what can happen there because it seemed like Byron Lefwich could potentially take over for that type of a job considering he was a previous Jaguars quarterback and all of that stuff. So, again, whatever the NFL can figure out with its hiring of black coaches problem, figure it out. And if it really is, uh, we're going to give a guy a second chance because you've seen a number of different guys with a second chance in the NFL do a really good job. And honestly, I hope Doug Peterson gets that great boost in his second chance in the NFL. But um, in terms of the NFL's current problem, it's certainly not a great look for another guy who, as you pointed out, is barely stereotypically a white dude. Yeah. Yep. But we'll see how it shakes out. Definitely. Any last thoughts before we wrap this whole thing up? I know we spent a little more time on this subject, certainly, and we spent a lot as of time on Tom Brady as we should have. Obviously we'll be back. For no, the I'm excited. Next I'm week. excited to talk. I'm excited to talk Super Bowl with you next week. Um, we'll, we'll try to make sure we focus on the two teams. Can't wait to break down positions with you. Kind of get a little oh, deeper. It's, um, it's coming in the air tonight. Oh, anyway. It's, it's um, one of my favorite shows to do every year. Unfortunately, good, we won't be able good. to do it in person like we normally do. No, we got a lot of stuff. Yeah, but we're, what we got, we got plans for an in-person show coming up in, in the nearer future at some point. We'll talk that. With, we'll talk about that offline. I, I don't oh. want to make any promises now. This whole kid thing is really – no, I'm kidding. Can't wait. But anyway. <laughs> hey. Anyway. Hey, if we could do an in-person show where the baby makes a, a surprise appearance – I think it's, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where our ears are going to want to deal with that, but okay. <laughs> a lot, a live drop of Matt having to change a diaper. I just, I, I do the play by play. Well, it looks like uh, Matt's wiping, and uh, oh, oh, you. here goes the diaper. Oh, oh, here it goes. Yeah, I, that might be. I feel like that's more of a video content than it is for a podcast. But Matty D, <laughs> my man, I appreciate it as always. This was so much fun. Thank you for doing the time and letting us uh, riff on all this nonsense. <laughs> Can but, do. But Good chat, brother. And for everybody out there, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to our nonsense. We will talk to you next week. We will give you all the best props for the Super Bowl and give you our winners. Hopefully those winners hold up. But for my man, Matty D, I am the G-Man. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the Pro Bowl. Enjoy the NHL All-Star Game and whatever NBA and college basketball you're watching. But for now, let's go Eagles and fly, Eagles, fly!